With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another two million jobs in one week. Gone. Does that even surprise you anymore? You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. When will we reach the bottom? Another 2.1 million U.S. workers filing for jobless claims this week. If we have good news, we're seeing a downtrend in the number of jobless claims each week. But cumulatively, Yeah, the good news is it's only 2 million, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen many wor- weeks that were much worse than that. But when you total it all up, what we've seen in job loss over the past 10 weeks, more than 40 million jobs since just mid-March. The numbers are astronomical and in in truly you can't even talk about just numbers anymore because at this point we all know faces we all know people impacted by this and you know this the old uh, joke here at simply money which is a recession is when somebody else loses their job and a depression is when you lose their job let's get this local because at the end of the day you can read headlines all day long what does it mean for you here in the tri-state joining us steve watkins a staff reporter at the Cincinnati Business Courier. He's been around uh, the business scene here in Cincinnati, something short of forever, which like Simply Money. I think Steve's been on and off this show about uh, for 25 years now. Walk us through the state of the economy today, Steve. First of all, thanks for making me feel old, Nathan, but I appreciate it. Um, Easy to do, Steve. <laughs> Sometimes the truth hurts. Uh, Yeah, the local economy is not much better than what you talked about nationally. Um, One thing to keep in mind is the numbers uh, we report, uh, the numbers that are available uh, for greater Cincinnati when we talk unemployment, are only reported monthly, uh, only recorded monthly for that matter, by the state. So yesterday, the... um, uh, the April numbers were released, which is the first full month, of course, of the coronavirus pandemic. The unemployment rate locally shot up to 14.1%. It was 4.4% in March, and even that wow. was uh, a jump uh, a little bit from what it was in February before all this stuff struck. So, um, you know, obviously a huge increase. The local uh, region lost. 145,000 jobs in April uh, compared to March. So enormous numbers. Um, Not surprisingly, leisure and hospitality got hit the hardest. That's probably to be expected. Steve, I was going to say, you have been covering this and you've been reporting as each business has been impacted. Is that what we're seeing here? Are there any maybe major job losses or announcements from employers that have surprised you along the way? Yeah, um, well, as I mentioned, first of all, leisure and hospitality is not a surprise. You know, um, uh, you talk about travel, you talk about hotels and all those sorts of areas that have Although the volume of numbers has been, I think, surprising when you look at hotels laying off over 100 people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we've had several stories about those kind of things locally. Certainly restaurants have uh, lost a lot of jobs, too, retail and restaurants. That's another area that got hit. Um, locally, 40% of leisure and hospitality jobs vanished in April. Um, as far as individual ones, um, not too many surprises. Um, on, on the uh, plus side, there have been a couple of companies that have actually been hiring um, but uh, in many cases, well, I write about Kroger, um, and that might not be surprising, but they've hired tens of thousands of people across the country and, and uh, more than a 1,000 locally um, because demand is so high there. Um, there have been a few others. There have been some real estate projects that we've written about that have proceeded, gone ahead. Um, construction is was considered an essential service throughout this pandemic. So some of those areas that at least on the face of it wouldn't seem like, you know, who's going to go ahead and, let's say, build a hotel. But some of those projects kept uh, continued if they had already been started. So in in that sense, there might have been a few surprises. But a lot of it was, you know, kind of the areas you would expect people laying off, uh, you know, hundreds of people in many cases. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack, along with Amy Wagner. Joining us, Steve Watkins. Investment and local business reporter for the Cincinnati Business Courier and someone who has uh, had his ear to the ground so long, I don't even know if he has equilibrium when he stands up anymore. That's how long he's been reporting (laughs) news. So some organizations have to uh, notify the state. uh, 12C notified the state that uh, 158 employees were going to be laid off, Belterra, who else might be in the pipeline that we don't know about yet or who has already done that and it was under the radar screen? Uh, as far as uh, layoffs you're talking about, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as what else is coming, um, I, I think that remains to be seen. Um, yes, Belterra just announced the other day, um, I think it was a, a few hundred jobs that are at risk. Um, and a lot of these businesses don't know uh, if and when they're going to reopen. Um, casinos haven't reopened yet in Ohio. Um, so that's a big question, Mark. Um, in, in terms of uh, retail and restaurants, we've had, um, you know, some reopening, which is obviously good news. But some of those places still don't know if they're going to make it. Um, uh, a national chain that has local stores Tuesday morning just announced that they're closing uh, those stores. And um, so, you know, you've got a lot of um, fallout still to happen. One of the things one of the economists I talked to yesterday when I wrote a story about the unemployment numbers, um, she mentioned that um, there there is still the uh, ripple effect to be seen. In other words, retail, restaurants, a lot of other businesses closed down for, let's say, six to eight weeks. Now that they're reopening, um, all those people that had been unemployed for a couple of months and probably cut their spending in all other walks of life because their uh, income was uncertain, that's going to lead to less income and probably already has at other businesses, which means those businesses cut jobs. So there is that uh, ripple effect. Um, you know, creating one job actually creates, you know, an additional, I don't know what the the math is, but probably an additional half job because that person spends money throughout the economy. The reverse happens when you lose jobs. So we are going to see some more coming, and probably in a variety of mostly consumer spending areas. And you mentioned ripple effects. You know, talking about that, people not traveling right now, airlines cutting back on their orders for airplanes moving forward. 
GE Aviation, which looked like the one bright spot in GE's portfolio, uh, taking a major hit and laying off, you know, hundreds if not thousands uh, right here in the area. You know, that one was one where, my goodness, just even a few months ago, they were looking at GE Aviation as, as the savior for their company. Yeah, that, that's an excellent example of one of those things that, you know, in the face of the coronavirus, it seems like yeah, it makes perfect sense how many airlines are, are buying new planes and, and you know, need, need jet engines anymore. Um, but uh, exactly, a few few months ago, things were rolling along there, as, as they were in many parts of the economy. Um, in, interesting, I, I talked to an in investment firm uh, CEO uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said basically the same thing with them, that they were um, having record months in January and February, but they're big in the bond market. The bond market got hammered when everything, when rates fell and, and the economy tanked, and um, they ended up restructuring the firm and um, uh, closing one one part of the company. So, yeah, there there are a lot of examples in many industries where that kind of thing happens. It, it, Things were going strong. I've, I've, we've, our, our restaurant reporter has interviewed some of the chefs uh, who run restaurants up and over the Rhine, like Jose Salazar, and he said, you know, things were going great, and now he's concerned about, um, you know, things uh, really um, getting hurt possibly and over the Rhine if a lot of these restaurants don't rebound strongly. We are we, we in Cincinnati, though, uh, are faring compared to our sister cities around the state. We seem to be doing pretty good here in terms of our unemployment rate. Yeah. Uh, the, I looked at the top seven, I think it was, metro areas in the state, and um, only, uh, I believe it was Columbus, was the only one better than Cincinnati when it comes to unemployment. Um, yes, Columbus was had 13.7%. Cincinnati, as we mentioned, 141 Cleveland and Toledo were over 20% unemployment. Wow. So, you know, when you talk about 14% unemployment, it sounds horrific, and it is, especially as you referred to earlier, Nathan. If it's your job, it really is bad. Um, but a lot of these areas are, are faring even worse. And, um, you know, the, the U.S. rate is a little bit higher, 14.7%, and Ohio's uh, rate overall was 16.8%. So you're talking about worse results around the state than you are here. And a lot of it is because the economy here is a little more diversified, and, um, you know, we tend to withstand uh, trauma to the economy a little better than the rest of the state yeah, does. Columbus is cheating. They got Ohio State and they got state government. I mean, come on. That's like stacking the deck when it comes to – you know. And th those places, for the most part, don't cut many jobs, although I know colleges are starting to have to cut back. But you're right. They, they really? do have uh, some inherent advantages there. Um, but you know what? Um, the, the difference between their unemployment rate and ours is quite negligible. It's only four-tenths of a percentage point. So uh, Cincinnati is, is handling this about as well as can be expected, I would say. And see, if you don't have a crystal ball, we understand that. But because you have covered business in Cincinnati for so long, when we look at the fact that the economy is reopening, any kind of prediction from you about how long it could take for people to get back to work and what that will even look like here? 
Yeah, um, a, a lot of the economy uh, very gradually does seem to be getting going again. And I think um, the way uh, Cincinnati's economy reacts in general, I think it will be probably, uh, you know, the ups and downs usually are a little bit more smooth in Cincinnati, meaning we don't enjoy the steep climbs when the economy is white hot, but we also don't suffer the steep falls when it when it tanks. Um, so I think Cincinnati will fare a little bit better. As far as the time frame, it really is a guess. Um, some of the economists I've talked to, I talked to Rick Taglick uh, the other day, who's the uh, top uh, Federal Reserve uh, chief in the Cincinnati office, and uh, he talks to business uh, people around the city all the time to get a gauge on what it's like. But he and and he said people are having this kind of bounce back attitude for the most part here. But also he said he's talked to a number of people in you know that would have a pretty good idea that are that are economists around the country who have said that it could be 2022 before we get back to a pre-pandemic type of economy. So on the face of it, that seems like, man, we're waiting two years. On the other hand, you know, maybe maybe that, maybe that it could be worse. You know what? Bite your tongue with that 2022. You've been listening to Simply Money. Our guest, Steve Watkins, and we discussed all business local. Simply Money point here would be our economy will bounce back, maybe not as quickly, but then hopefully that'll be a blessing because we didn't go now, down nearly as deep now how a gift card program is helping local retailers that's just ahead in three minutes you'll listen to simply money on 55 krc the talk station you're listening to simply money i'm nathan backrack along with amy wagner how's the pandemic changing your retirement plans oh yeah remember those things that may have been so tantalizingly off in the future we'll talk about that just ahead at 643, finding a way to survive. And certainly downtown and over the Rhine retailers are trying to figure out how to survive. They got a $650,000 cash infusion this spring following a gift card program. Uh, explain that one. Yeah, well, this was launched by nonprofit 3CDC, which I, don't, I think most people can agree that that nonprofit helped revitalize over the Rhine and make a huge difference in our downtown area. But listen, I was just thinking about this um, before we were talking to Steve Watkins. You were talking about this restaurant and retail industry being hit so hard by this. Uh, you know, we're so proud of what's happening over the Rhine and, and that revitalization down there. Yet so many of those businesses, you wonder how long can they hold on? And, and, and certainly they're reopening now. But the way that they did this was in April, um, they launched this program where they would sell uh, gift cards to some of the rest restaurants down there and then they would also match you would receive a matching gift card to a shop or something similar to what you had purchased originally and because of that $650,000 in the pockets of those you know struggling proprietors down there who uh, who needed a little boost during that time in fact 284 businesses in downtown and over the Rhine uh were actually benefited by that more than 4,700 gift cards purchased. I think so many people just wanting to have a hand and trying to keep those places open so that we can all return to them soon. And you know, the greatest proof that this was a great idea is that your neighborhood, Northern Kentucky, along with Pittsburgh and Columbus decided to steal the idea. It was, Oh, that good. But I'm sure they didn't say form of flattery. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure they didn't say, here's a great idea brought to you by your friends from Cincinnati. No, (laughs) but you know, 
if everybody benefits at this point in the game with everything going on, that's really all that matters. Now, every week we take a deep dive into some piece of this economy because there is still an economy out there, though maybe it sometimes feels like it's in pieces. Retirement planning, investing, we look at all of that tonight. A naked plea. So maybe that'll get you excited at the same time we say we got our clothes on, but this is a naked plea to stop digging in to your 401ks. And it's so tempting. We understand it's so tempting, especially because the CARES Act kind of relaxed the rules for you to get your hands on that money and get those early withdrawals. You used to have to count on a 10% penalty if you were going to take that money out before the age of 59 and a half. That penalty gone. But understand this, you're still going to owe taxes on this. But here's the thing. A new survey from Bankrate found that more than a quarter of you either have or are seriously thinking about taking money out of your 401k or IRA right now. No, and we would say, we, and we have three answers for that, and you can pick any one you like. <laughs> All right, no, 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 absolutely, positively, no. And if those of you cashing in, about fifty percent uh, were recently unemployed. Okay, I got it. When the stuff hits the fan, you got to do what you have to do. But could there? be options because when you take long-term money this is like a farmer going to the silo and taking or the, to the barn and taking the seed corn that was supposed to get planted that would grow into corn that would then be the crops that would go to market that would be sold in order that then there would be a virtuous cycle if all of a sudden the farmer is eating that seed corn in the evening ultimately his economy and in this case your economy can come to a pretty disastrous end I can understand, though, because you're getting those statements right now. So you see that pot of money there in front of you. And you say, you why not? Immediate need, right? You right. have to get the bills covered. But I think what so few people are thinking about is, okay, yeah, you can handle this immediate need with that money in your 401k, but you've never really put the numbers on paper of how much of an impact this will have on your future self. What yeah. that growth, what that money left in that account to uh, compound would really have for you when you got to that place. This is why we preach, and I and I use I, we preach the importance of an emergency fund because it is so so important. We've never had a pandemic before, but I, I I've, I've thought many times during this of I'm so grateful that I have this money that I don't have to worry if something were to happen to my job that right. I would have several months of buffer. And for those of you who who have listened but maybe just didn't take those steps, please take them now. We're not saying that you're going to start stocking away hundreds of dollars a month, certainly not during this time, but even just a little bit so that you're not having to steal from your future self and your retirement. Um, one place where you've got to start building up a little bit of a, a foundation there. So try putting it into very simple and maybe profound human terms. I did this with a young woman. She was 23 years old when I had a chance to meet her. Her father had said, hey, talk to my daughter. I went and talked to her. She was having some pretty interesting uh, initial success. But as a Cincinnatian, she's very conservative. And at one point I said, and she was, being, she was having great success. At one point I said to her, I said, look, when all of your friends in your highfalutin industry are walking around with Gucci bags for $1,000 or whatever. Let's run the numbers on that. And I just taught, taught her compound interest. And so $1,000 purse, which seems absurd, but maybe not to some of you. But that $1,000 purse, by the time she would retire, that was $16,000 
that would not be in her investment account. When I said $16,000, she physically jumped backward, put her hand, clasped her hands and went, oh, my gosh, I won't be able to spend any money now. And I will tell but you. That's the way you have to look at it when you're thinking yeah. about taking money from your 401k. You right. can look at it in real dollars, your, your dollars right now, but the impact is far greater than that amount of money that you're not putting in there because you're taking that money out. It's not growing. You're not continuing to put it back in. And, and I'm not sure if the CARES Act changes this or not, but... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you um, take money out of your 401k right now, maybe because you're worried, and then you lose that job, that money has to be paid back, or it did before this all happened, within 90 days. So it seemed like a no-brainer maybe at the time, and all of a sudden, then your feet are to the fire once again. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying. I'm still having this conversation with my, my wife around shoes, but I think I'm going to lose out on that one as well. So how can you keep hackers at bay and cover your financial tracks while you're cruising around online? That's just ahead at 634. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money tonight. I'm Amy Wagner. Every time you log into your computer, every time you pick up your phone, your iPad, whatever your device of choice is, you're putting in information that then is going out there to a number of companies, and sometimes you're not even aware. Joining us tonight, our tech expert, Dave Hatter, with what information is going out there and maybe some ways that we can keep track of it and cover our tracks a little bit. And this is not, hey, I'm doing something sneaky online and I don't want anyone to know, is it, Dave? This is more, I don't want these companies to know everything about me. Yeah, you're exactly right, Amy. It's not necessarily that you're trying to do something bad or sneaky or, you know, have to hide yourself from the government or anything. It's you know, we're increasingly in a model known as surveillance capitalism. You have huge tech giants like Google and Facebook, where they make most of their money off the data they collect. Now, you know, Google does have some products. They obviously make the Android operating system and they sell phones. Uh, Facebook has some products. But when you get right down to it and you look at it, most of the revenue these companies generate are based on data. You're not their customer. You're the product. 
So, uh, and, and that's true for many others in the space. You know, Apple, Which I think is Apple a great can... point, Dave, because most of us don't think about it. Most of us think, you know, Facebook is doing this for me, right? They, they like that yeah. I have this community of people, you know, from years ago to, no, they don't. They don't care. They don't care about each of us individually. They're, they're tracking our information. Now, come on, Amy. They've got that great new uh, We Care emoticon. So, of course, they care, right? <laughs> they I care. mean, they made, a, they made an emoticon for it. But no, you're right. I mean, they're, they're making huge amounts of data. Most of these companies, the vast majority of them, are not providing all these tools and platforms and services to you out of the goodness of their heart. They're, you know, incentivizing you to use them because they provide some functionality that you think is worthwhile. And all that data they collect about you, much of which, as you alluded to earlier, you don't even realize they're monetizing in a variety of ways. It's not necessarily bad. That's part of the trade-off. Again, you're not the product. You're the customer. You're not paying with money. You're paying with data. Um, but you know, you have to decide for yourself for any given service or platform you try, is it worth it to provide that information? And the good news is uh, without a whole lot of time or energy or money, you can control to a large extent how much information you're putting out there about yourself. And there's a, there's a second angle to it, too. It's not just to keep these companies from having your information because they do provide valuable services. They do get you more useful information based on your profile. Um, but in many cases, these companies don't keep your data secure. It gets leaked. It gets breached. It gets sold to another company where it's been breached. So there can be downstream consequences to this information where it started out in a perfectly legitimate and reasonable way. But, you know, through some faulty practices or something, there's data out there about you that is not helpful. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. Joining us is our tech expert, Dave Hatter. Every time you pick up an a device, every time you log into something, there is information, there is data about you that's being collected. And Dave, you do a good job of pointing out why companies do it. That's, that's what they're making their money on is off of your data. At the same time, let's talk about practically what you can do. If you do not want this data out there all over the place, but obviously you, you still need to get online and do stuff, how can you erase or not share everything with all of these companies? Yeah, that's it, it's hard to erase stuff that's already out there, but you can make a conscious decision and say, okay, from this point going forward, I'm going to start to limit the amount of information that I put out about myself, uh, whether it's you know overtly by things I post on Facebook or um, sort of covertly by the information these platforms collect. And, and it's important to point out, you know, this is your computer, it's your tablet, it's your phone. It's these great new, quote, smart devices, unquote, that we have like TVs and smart speakers and all that stuff. All of these things are collecting lots of information. And, you know, to some extent, you can simply not use those devices. But to your point, we all need to get online, especially now that we're working from home more. So one of the best things you can do is use a VPN, a virtual private network. Now, this is tricky because some VPN clients track a ton of information about you as part of their deal to give you the software. There are quality ones out there, things like NordVPN, uh, Norton makes a product. There are sites like ZDNet, CNET, PCMagazine.com, where they have editors and experts that rate software, and they'll make recommendations. Uh, Nord is always highly recommended, but a VPN will make it much more difficult for people to track where you've gone and what you've done online, except for the VPN people. It'll hide your data from your ISP. Again, not because you're sneaky or nefarious, but because you just don't want those companies to have the information. Uh, you can use a privacy-friendly browser like Firefox or Brave or Tor. You know, which I'm I a didn't big know. I didn't Firefox. know there was a difference between which browser you're using as far as what you're sharing and not sharing. Well, 
Brave, Firefox, and Tor are all geared more around privacy. Uh, they they come with features enabled by default and have some advanced features in many cases that will make it much more difficult for sites to store cookies on your computer that are used to track you. They can block the, the much more uh, comprehensive and difficult to stop browser fingerprinting. The problem is, you know, in many cases, you have to turn these features on in other browsers. Whereas, like you say, Firefox or Brave have a lot of this enabled by default. And Tor, which is by, by far the most private and secure of them all, but the problem with Tor is it's very slow and it will break a lot of sites. It's so secure and creates such a privacy bubble around you, if you will. A lot of websites won't work correctly because there's a certain amount of information sites need that they get from you as part of the transaction in order to make sure they're sending content that will work on your device. So if you take this too far, you can break some things if you don't really understand how to tweak it. Um, but, you know, you can use a privacy-friendly uh, search engine like DuckDuckGo where they don't track your searches like Google does. Um, you know, pretty much anything you use from Google, part of the trade-off is they're collecting an enormous amount of information about you because that's how they make the bulk of their money. So, um, yeah, those, those are three good steps there. You know, use a different strong password for each site. Use multi-factor authentication. Have a burner, one or more burner email accounts. Things where, you know, you sign up for sites and stuff you don't really care about, coupons, where it's, it's going into an account you don't really care about, and then have a separate, more secretive email account that you use for things like accessing your bank or accessing your uh, insurance or something like that. Try to create some separation between the more consumer-oriented, just totally open-ended stuff where they're reading everything you get, like Gmail, versus something like ProtonMail, which is based out of Switzerland. It's got end-to-end -end encryption. Um, it, it's a very secure mail platform versus something like Gmail. So the, there are a lot of things you can do, and much of it is free. So the key here is to educate yourself because understand anytime that you are logging on, that you're searching for anything, that you're using these devices, there are companies out there that want to gather information from you. And by educating yourself, you'll at least know what information you're putting out there and what your options are to maybe make some choices to get your information out there or to keep it in a more secure way. Uh, thanks so much tonight for Dave Hatter, our tech expert, for these great tips on how to protect your information and know what's going out there. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack, along with Amy Wagner. You're shopping online more, and scammers, oh, are they out there because they know you're out there with your credit card and you're not afraid to use it. So how do you protect yourself? We'll talk about that just ahead at 6.53. Now, you already know how the pandemic has changed your life today. The question is, how is it going to change your retirement plans for the future? There's a lot of retirees who downsized, maybe, and then relocated. And I think that's a very normal thing. We get people coming in all the time, maybe in those five years before retirement, saying, we went on this vacation, and we love this place, and I'm tired of these Cincinnati winters. And, and so some of them actually look at uh, relocating somewhere international during this time. But think about this. Sounded great. They were in a warm place. They probably met some friends and set up pretty nice lives. And then this pandemic hits, and they don't have access to health care like we do in the United States. And, and so there's a lot of them who during this time have thought, does it make sense for us to stay here? Or do we want to be closer to family? And do we want to be closer to American hospitals and, and that kind of health care? And this has been a really tough situation for a lot of Americans. Listen, I have told this story to many of you, and it's that I was on a plane 
And the guy next to me said, well, I live in Boston, but I winter in Cincinnati. And I thought he was, generally speaking, shall we say, nuts. Now, I'm going to go revisit. I, I became friends with this individual. I'm going to go revisit now this question, which is, does he even want to be in Boston where the, the people density and the infection rate when the virus hit were incredible? Because I think this will become, for many of you, the backdrop of, wow, what happened in that place? Such as, oh, I, I, I know an individual who visits their daughter, or used to, every weekend in New York City. Uh, no, 20% of the population has been infected. Mm, right. I think I'm going to take a pass on that, right? Maybe uh, what's behind door number two. So what I learned from my friend from Boston who winters in Cincinnati, he's here because his family's there. And home is where the heart is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. What's more important to you, where you live, maybe the climate there, or who you live near? And and I think there's a lot of people who during this pandemic have reevaluated that and have started to move back to the country. And it, those who moved out of state for whatever reason, maybe Florida, are looking at, in some cases, coming back home. They just want to be closer to people. This has been a major wake-up call on a number of fronts for so many. Yeah. If I had to pick a place in Ohio today, uh, given everything that's happened to me uh, in the last 10 years, I would have to say I'm going to be in a suburb right outside of Cleveland. Now, don't throw rotten tomatoes at Cleveland. me when I, when I say that. It's simply because I have a wonderful relationship with a couple of doctors at that clinic who fixed a few problems that a few other doctors created, and I like knowing that it would be only a 20-minute drive. Now, I, listen, I'm not leaving Cincinnati for anything in the world, but if I had to choose a city in Ohio today for someone my age, and where would I like to be in proximity of what? Well, I think between the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Cleveland Clinic, that might be for at least certain of you of a certain age pretty persuasive. Except for that lake effect snow, but that's probably a thing yeah, for another day. Yeah, and, and, the, and the fact that it's full of people from Cleveland. I got it. All right, fine. But, you know, in a perfect world, I'm just trying to make fun with the point. You're going to be looking at criteria entirely different now, I believe, than some of the criteria that you applied before as the overlay for your retirement. And if you find yourself maybe thinking a little bit differently now, it's time for a conversation with your family. Maybe you and your spouse have always talked about moving to Florida. Now you're starting to think, wait a second, does this make as much sense? Sit down, reevaluate that. If this is a plan that you'd shared with your children or your grandchildren, make sure that everybody understands you know, what the shift in thinking has been and, and how you feel now. Um, but making sure you're communicating and getting things out there on the table uh, is going to make a big difference during this time. Yeah, I keep bringing up this four-letter word uh, that's synonymous with with spending money ridiculously. It's called a boat. And uh, at one point, maybe that would have been an option. And now every time I bring it up, my wife looks at me like, how many heads do I have on top of my shoulders? Because you you're, some, you're some weird bat animal that I don't ever uh, recollect seeing before. And revisit your financial plan as well. Nothing from this uh pandemic should should resonate with you more than the cost of health care. That's the one issue. As the virus recedes, we certainly hope it does, as vaccines and therapies continue to be uh, coming down the pike, ask yourself, what will all of this stuff cost? Keep in mind, remdesivir 
got millions of dollars from the United States government to follow through on that drug, and yet the company will decide exactly what the price is. If you had come up with a therapy for the COVID-19 virus, what do you think you would be thinking about charging? And I'll give you the phrase, as much as you can. It's just one example of where healthcare costs are likely to go as you get to your retirement. Simply Money Point here. Consider how this pandemic may change your goals, your priorities, and that budget that all go into your financial plan for retirement. Credit card fraud on the rise again. No surprise there. We'll talk about that just ahead in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Nathan Backrack along with Amy Wagner. You know this, but we'll say it again. Tough times. They bring out both the, both the best and the worst in you. And because of the worst, there has been, of course, a huge jump in those who have attempted credit and debit card uh, fraud since, of course, coronavirus shut down the U.S. economy earlier this year. Listen, anytime there is an opportunity these scammers are going to try to figure out what it is. A survey of 3,200 banks found attempted fraudulent transactions were up 35% in April from a year earlier. So just as you or your neighbors or your family members or someone you know are losing their jobs, laid off, furloughed, whatever it is, these scammers are trying to get at their credit cards, their bank accounts, whatever it is, to do as much damage as they possibly can. And I will tell you something. Even those of you, I put myself in this category, who are pretty darn vigilant. I'm laying on a couch, which has happened a whole lot more than it has before in my life. And thankfully, this email came through my uh, through the Allworth server. So I had I had some fairy godfather technologically looking over me, but it was from Citibank, and it said, "Oh." You've got X amount of dollars in an unpaid balance that just is about to go 30 days late and mar your credit. Without even thinking, I hit the link. All of a sudden, I get this page that pops up that says to me, basically, Nathan, you've been a bad boy. You just opened up a piece of spam. Do not pass go. Do not collect $100. Wake up and uh, start looking at your emails seriously again. Now, I was fortunate. I got it all worth looking over my shoulder because it came through my business account. But had it just been that one little weak moment when I just, oh, really? Wait a minute. I don't want to mess up my credit. Boom. I'm gone. And, you know, I'm going to try and be the living example for you how not to do things or how to do things, how not, 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 how not to do things. Well, and I think during this time, there's a lot of you who were probably opening up things and, and looking into things that you haven't before. There's a lot of businesses that you've done business with in the past that are reaching out and explaining to you their new protocols during this time or whatever it is. So... Yeah, if you know Citibank or whatever the company is, if you've done business with that bank before, there's a lot of times you just let your guard down, which is why your guard always has to be up. Now, the good news, you mentioned your fairy godfather there, um, the fact that, you know, Allworth was looking out for you. But a lot of these companies are looking out for you because they don't, you know, they're going to truly lose out as well in the end. Uh, So a lot of these are caught somewhere in the transaction stage. Um... Fraud losses, including losses linked to both credit and debit cards, um, uh, cost no, nearly $17 billion last year. I mean, so this is a, a big huge, number. It's a huge loss. We just got something on my um, on my Allworth credit card account, and it was like a charge at 4 o'clock in the morning on 
Etsy or something like that. Clearly, nobody on my team, none of us would have charged. I don't. Well, I, that's not what I was about to say. But go ahead. <laughs> but you know, truly, and it was like, but they caught it immediately, and then every transaction after that for a week, um, you know, came right through my phone, and I had to approve every single one of them. Um, but you can't count on that company catching every single one. So you have nope. to make sure um, that you are uh, take if you've got you know dual factor authentication, whatever it is that you can do to take the extra steps to protect yourself during these times, you've got to do it. We're going to have to get uh, Dave Hatter to go do a dark web search on both you and me because I <sighs> want to see what's out there because one example of how bad it can be was uh, one client, uh, we got a call from J.P. Morgan. The caller had their name, their email address, and the last four digits of the account number, and they said that the account had been stolen. I will tell you, most of you if you get a phone call and somebody knows that and maybe even the last four digits of your social, uh, you're going to fill in the blanks for them. You're going to think, oh, yeah, sure, this this seems legitimate. And then next thing you know, um, you're toast and you've got something else to do in your spare time that you may have now besides uh, keeping safe uh, from the virus. So what can you do? Don't ever volunteer your credit card information. Check those statements and talk to your aging parents because the chances are, if it doesn't, if they don't hit you, they, that's simply because, oh, they already hit your parents. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.